Hello, hello. Hey family, I hope you're doing good. This is your brother and sister Jerry and Delisha. And we're excited to be with you today. I know originally we said Thursday this week and it was just crazy. We did a full live and I was ready to upload it. And for some reason, it didn't want to upload. So we are here again. So if you're seeing us live, feel free to show some love, like, comment, because we got a good one for you today. We are going to be talking about why tithe, what is the purpose of it, history behind it, and what challenges or what solutions can we implement to really understand tithing moving forward in our lives. So I'm going to let Alicia start us off with tithing, what it is, and giving us some context about it. So Alicia, you want to get us started off? Um, <clears throat> yeah, we can go ahead and jump right into it. And so, um, the first thing that we're going to discuss uh, with tithing is what is a tithe? Mm -hmm. Um, so a lot of times there's some misconceptions in the church, um, about tithing in general and then the amount, purpose, you know, the consequences, all of that stuff. And we're going to dive into it. But the first thing we're going to do is talk about what it is. And so a tithe is considered a tenth of a part um often referred to or called as 10 percent mm -hmm. and so it's generally 10 percent of whatever you receive so you know in today's society we generally receive paychecks um in bible times they received not necessarily a paycheck but they had some sort of income whether it was livestock or whether it was something that they could trade and barter with. Mm -hmm. So it could be an animal, it could be grain, it could be oil, it could be salt, um, anything like that. But they would give 10% of it, whatever they had that was of value to them, they gave 10% to. So mm -hmm. today we, you know, a value to us is our paycheck. So we give 10% of our paychecks to, you know, in the form of tithing. So that's what tithing is. It's just a tenth of a part or 10%. So when we look at, you know, when did tithing occur, like in the Bible, there is um, there is a first occurrence, you know, with tithing. And so the first um, tithing mentioned in the Bible is in Genesis chapter 14. And Jerry, did you want to, you know, go into that um, scripture? Yeah. <clears throat> sure. So as you can see, got this holy Bible. So y'all know what I read from, but. I'm reading from the New King James Version. So this is Genesis 14. And then we're going to start in verse verses 18 through 20. So it says that then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was the priest of God Most High. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram of God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be God Most High who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And he gave him a tithe of all. And then I think in, I think your version has a tenth of everything. So the tithe in the New King James Version, I was mentioning a tenth. And like I said, I know the version Alicia has mentions a tenth. So this was in Genesis 14 verses 18 through 20. And I think it was interesting how we find this occurrence with the tithe because um, it talks about how 
Abraham gave his tithe to Melchizedek, who is the king of Salem and also the priest of God Most High. And I think during this time, tithe was a requirement because it was, it kind of, um, as we get into the New Testament, it kind of um, spoke more than just giving, but it also, um, it also was more so being obedient um, to the law, if you will. So. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. um, side note, just so everyone knows, I'm paying attention, but because we had technical difficulties on Thursday, if you mm -hmm. see me looking down, it's because I'm trying to make sure Double that we're, we're actually live is yeah. what I'm doing. So if you see me looking down, I am. I'm just trying to verify that we're live. And it looks like we are perfect. Yes. I, <laughs> I had smiling. to I had to look because we were we had issues on Thursday, like Jerry yeah, mentioned. Yeah. So we, we're good. good. So good. that's good. Yeah. Um, but as Jerry, you were saying, like this was the first incident or not incident, but encounter, mm -hmm. you know, in the Bible. Yeah. Um, at this time, you know, when I did some research, it showed that it was not a requirement to tithe. Mm -hmm. Later, it becomes a requirement yeah. in the Old Testament. So, correction. Later, uh, I think in, uh, I want to say Isaiah, Malachi becomes requirement, but now it wasn't. So, correction on my part. No, nah, I know yeah. you're good. Um, so, what is the purpose of tithing? So, it's kind of what we're going to talk about. Do you know? Can you tell us yeah, yeah, what's yeah. the purpose of tithing? So, the purpose of tithing is you want to give to the saints um, for the ministry, the building, um, to continue to show hospitality. And it also helps to, you know, uh, further the functions of the church. So your tithing is more so to build up the kingdom of God, as you'll discover reading through Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Malachi. They all talk about being able to keep the church built up. And this is in, um, I think, from Romans 12 and 13, talks about contributing to the saints. So it's more so for building up the churches, the local, your local churches, and the kingdom of God to continue to progress, you know, growth in God's kingdom. So uh, next, we're going to dive into some facts, some numbers. Mm -hmm. And y'all will likely be amazed by some of these numbers. But they are true. We don't make them up. We just get the facts, share them with you. So I'm going to let Alicia get us started with some key facts. Like mm -hmm. I said, the child gonna be surprised by when it comes yes. to tithing. I was, I was surprised. So for those who may or may not know, I'm a PK. So I grew up in church my whole life. So I think my view on church operations from tithing and all other sorts of things can be slightly just, I, I have a certain look on life or on church. So I was surprised when I had did this. I went to a number of different sources to get information from, mm -hmm. and they were all very, Consistent. The numbers were very, very close. Um, so the first source is from nonprofitsource.com, and they said that only 10 to 25 percent of a normal congregation tithes. So, by the way, this is based upon like statistics here in the United States. So if you're mm -hmm. maybe it's higher, maybe it's lower if you're in another country, but this is based upon things you know here in the United States. 10%. Um, so it says anywhere between 10 to 25 percent of a normal congregation will tithe. Um, they also said 80% of Americans only give 2% of their income. 2%. That's I was like very surprised. Like, wow, 2%. That's mm -hmm. insane. 2%. Um, and then the next thing is they also said that 17% of Americans say that they tithe regularly. <clears throat> and then 
lastly from um that same source they said seven out of ten tithers do so based upon their gross and not their net and so we're going to get a little deeper into net versus gross tithing and like which one should you do and everything Mm -hmm. like that but it is unique to get that perspective this type of information so all of that information that i just uh shared was from nonprofitsource.com about tithing jerry can you tell us about the next two sources and what they their findings were? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So, <clears throat> from pushpay.com, it says that a quarter of um, any congregation, uh, or less than a quarter of any congregation, ties. Mm-hmm. So, when you think about that, that's less than 25% actually tied, which is not surprising because the first statistic that Alicia mentions is that 10 to 25%. So, that does kind of validate that point and drive her home. But then kind of going to the next fact point. So it says uh, that Christians give about 2.5% of their income to churches. So this also kind of goes to the second point, which, you know, also says that 80% of Americans give 2% of their income. So, you know, both of these are kind of validating the 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 um, point that, you know, people, um, they are either, you know, you may have less, um, less than half or less than a quarter of people who are actually giving tithes to the church. And, and when they uh, do, it's less than the, you know, 10th, uh, which is mentioned in the Old Testament um, about how much you should tithe. Mm-hmm. So the last point comes from Banco payments.com so this is um this is kind of more of a um if you will um a theory well i ain't gonna say that, kind of more of a, of a theory, hypothesis so to speak so it says that if christians if every, if every christian tithe 10 percent faith organizations okay would have an extra 139 billion each year mm-hmm. so when you put that into perspective if everyone actually fulfill this requirement of giving a tenth of their income, you can imagine that local communities, the issues that they may face in terms of being able to provide for the needy, being able to provide housing for different people who may not be able to afford it, et cetera, they will be able to have an extra $139 billion each year. So when you think about those numbers in comparison to what's available, mm-hmm. that lets you know that somewhere along the way when it comes to you know, the pastor preaching about the subject, or sometimes it may not be discussed in depth. People are just not giving, and we're going to explore some of those reasons mm-hmm. why and how we can, you know, avoid that moving mm-hmm. forward and just kind of get some better understanding about it. Mm-hmm. So we're going to kind of go into the next topic, which is tithing as a requirement, like we touched on a little bit. And I'm going to let you get us started with this in terms of you know, how tithing is a requirement um, and what it means for us moving forward. So first we say, hey, Jaleesa. Lisa. <laughs> she's on. What's she's up, watching girl? us. Our sister. Sister. Um, so tithing as a requirement. So as we mentioned, the first sighting of tithing was not a requirement. This is some, something that, you know, um, was put on Abraham's heart or at that time he was known as Abram. He hadn't been added as ham, but, um, <laughs> it, this was Abram. God had put it on his heart to give to the priest, um, of the land. So, 
at this time, when you fast forward, we're now in Second Chronicles uh, 31 verses 4 through 5. And it says, and he commanded the people who lived in Jerusalem to give the portion due to the priest and to the Levites that they may give themselves to the law of the Lord. As soon as the command was spread around or abroad, the people of Israel gave in abundance of the first fruits of grain, wine, oil, honey, um, all the produce of the, and all the produce of the field. And they brought it abundantly, the type of everything. And so as we kind of talked about before, <clears throat> tithe, tithing is just 10% of anything that has a value. Um, and so at that time, you know, unlike today, a lot, most of these people in the Bible, you know, either own, they may or may have not owned land, but they had some sort of access to things that were of value. So it wasn't necessarily like working for someone else. You would tithe yourself based upon, you know, whatever you had. So if it was oil, if you had a farm and you had cattle, so you give 10% of your cattle. If you had, you know, some sort of grain, a field of grain, you give 10% of your grain. And so one of the things that they talked about is that they gave their their form of giving was first fruits. And so I wanted to talk about first fruits. First fruits are sometimes people feel as though it's the first of whatever you have just given the you know first portion of it and the actual meaning of first fruits is just the best that's really what it is you're giving the best of the best so if you had produce filled with apples you're not going to give the first 10 apples or 10 percent of your apples that come off the crop that season <clears throat> because they may not be the best you want to give god your best and so you may wait until you know what they're the sweetest apples they're the most colorful beautiful apples whatever the case may be is the best of the best so that's the first fruit is giving your best to god um and so that's what they did during this time um and so another scripture when it comes to Old Testament tithing that's often talked about is in Malachi. And this at this time, tithing was a requirement. So when people didn't tithe, it was a sin. It was against the law. So like I said, in Second Chronicles 31, um, it was it was a law. It become it became established that you had to tithe. So when you get into Malachi, you know, now they're talking about judgment. They're like, will a man rob God? And it says, how are you robbing me? And it says, um, let me read it exactly. It says, will a man rob God? Yeah, you are robbing me. But you say, how have we robbed you? And it says, in your tithes and contributions, you are cursed with a curse for the robbing of me, the whole nation of you. And so <clears throat> when people did not tithe at that time, you know, it was sin against the law these were things that were not highly frowned they were highly frowned upon um and so that is something in the old testament that it was an expectation that you gave all you could um when it came to tithing um it was not expected of you to you know make excuses for whatever reason you know i always look at the old testament as like you know very strict you know not playing with you um, so your excuses would be very limited. I would assume if you, if you weren't tithing, you know, they were, they won't deal with you accordingly. Um, you know, they, they would consider you a thief, you know, cause clearly it says you're robbing God. So they would probably consider you as a thief, um, and deal with you accordingly. 
Um, so that's kind of give you some perspective on the Old Testament. Um, when you jump forward into the New Testament, you know, oftentimes be, there becomes this question raised about, you know, New Testament tithing versus Old Testament tithing, whether it's a requirement, whether whether it is or isn't a requirement, as well as, you know, what does Jesus say about tithing? And so we're going to get into that about what does Jesus say about tithing? Um, does he say you should? Does he say you shouldn't? Does he add additional requirements to tithing? Does he take away from the, you know, the law of tithing? You know, so let's talk about it. Okay. So New Testament, what does it say about giving? So we're going to jump into Matthew 6 verses 1 through 4, New King James Version. And it says, take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your father in heaven. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets that they may have glory from men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. <clears throat> they have their reward. But when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left and know what your right hand is doing, that your charitable deed may be in secret, and your father who sees in secret will himself reward you openly. So from this scripture, it says that, or I kind of go into modern day, how because you're in the age of social media, and a lot of people, when it comes down to people want um, notoriety or recognition, and sometimes people don't mind saying, hey, this is what I did. I'm on camera. Check me out. This is what I'm doing. And in God's view, he wants to see your heart. So while you may say, well, I thought I did something good. God was like, well, what you thought you did, more so you were doing it so that you could get recognition. But it wasn't from a heart of, man, I really care about these people. So does it matter for me to post or even broadcast what I'm doing, even if I'm giving some money to someone that's homeless or even if I'm trying to make amends with, you know, uh, giving someone something that they need. And God's view, he wants to know that we can do it in secret and we are content, even if it's not broadcast. But he wants us to be able to give in secret without having paparazzi or even eyes watching all around the world seeing it. He wants to know that, hey, you can do some things without always having the, the attention on you. And in his word, he says that when you do this, your father who is in heaven. So that means that you have to also have a relationship with him. You can't say, well, I gave, but you don't have a relationship with the father. You have to have a relationship with him in order for this, you know, to work according to the way it says in scripture. And then we're going to kind of go to the next one, which is not focusing on money as well as your needs. Sometimes we can have anxiety about the things that we may feel we need or we want. And we just start to, you know, feel like, man, if I don't have enough money, I'm just not going to make it. Or if I don't have enough food, I'm not going to make it. Or if I don't have enough house, you know, enough property, 
you know, I, I need to be catching up. But God kind of gives us a different perspective from what we understand. And did you want to talk about it? You want me to talk about it? Were you, were you going to read the scripture? Mm-hmm. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, so we're coming from Matthew 23, verses 23. And so it says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay tithe of men and a nice, and in some translations it may say deal, and cumin, and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faith. These you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. And so from this, it says that, uh, <clears throat> it says that the Pharisees, they don't mind giving. They kind of boast about their giving, but they also kind of look down on other people because they feel like, hey, you haven't given like we give. And God calls them out for that by saying that, you know, when it comes to the things that are important to me, the law, which is justice, mercy and faith, these things you have essentially neglected. So you more focus on the physical aspects, but you're not focused on the spiritual or the intangible um, the intangible items, which are justice, mercy, and faith. And in the next scripture, 24, it says, blind guys who strain out a net and swallow a camel. So this talks about how, you know, they are focused on the small details, but they can't really see that the bigger details, which is the law, that's more important than, you know, the material, which it can fade away at any uh, moment. So, that's kind of a little bit about that um, from Matthew 23. When I think about that scripture, I think about people trying to buy their way in to, to, into heaven or salvation. Um, you know, these are people um, who were, um, who knew, you know, the Bible. They knew, you know, the history um, as well as, you know, what was expected in the future. They mm-hmm. knew this. Um, and so when I think about this, it's like these people were paying what they were supposed to pay. They were following instructions. Mm-hmm. You know, they were paying 10% of whatever herbs they had. And this scripture talks about mint and dill and cumin. So they were doing that. Um, and they felt like that was right. But when Jesus came onto the scene, he was also pushing and encouraging people to really focus on the matters of the heart, you mm-hmm. know, and really being true and fair and acting in kindness to our brothers and sisters. And so that's why he, he right. pushed them even further and said, you know what, you should be focusing not just on, you know, the tithes, the financial side of it, but also you should be focusing on it, you know, about the other issues, the weightier matters, such mm-hmm. as justice mm-hmm. and mercy and faithfulness you know, that's that's my take on it. When when I think about Jesus's perspective, my mm-hmm. thoughts is he's not saying not to tithe. He's not saying that, but he's just saying, look, I'm going to challenge you to go a little bit further, not to just mm-hmm. focus on the financial side of things, yeah. um, but to also focus on those other um, important things. Like when I think of faithfulness or um, I think of it makes me think of fruits of the spirit, like these mm-hmm. other attributes that we're supposed to bear, these fruits that we're supposed to bear. So <clears throat> that that's my thought on what Jesus is saying about tithing. It's not that you shouldn't, but it's just that you should also add some other things to it as well. Mm-hmm. Um so we're gonna talk about we talked about Old Testament, mm-hmm. we talked about New Testament, we talked about what Jesus 
has said about tithing. Mm -hmm. So we're going to talk about our perspective. Um, For those who may or may not know, Jerry and I are also licensed ministers. ministers. So our our perspective is that you should tithe. That's number one. We're going to go ahead and say that much. We do believe you should tithe. Um, We're going to get into a little bit deeper, though, aside from that, about what we think the specifics of tithing. Mm -hmm. Uh, One, we think it's a personal decision. It's not something that you should feel coerced uh you should feel like you have to do this or anything like this this is a decision between you and god that's a conversation Mm -hmm. that the two of you guys need to have um you know everyone comes i think into it at different times um when i met my husband he wasn't a tither um but i have been doing it my whole life i'm quite sure if i hadn't been a pk my perspective on tithing would have been completely different um, but I think because I grew up doing it, it just was a habit to me. But, you know, everyone will learn things at their own pace. God has grace for us. So he'll he will allow us to experience things and learn things at our own pace. And he'll just be patient with us until we grasp that concept. Um, and so that's number one. It's a personal decision. Um, do we feel as though you'll be cursed? So. We read Malachi 3, 8 and 9 that talks about you robbing God and that you'll be cursed with a curse. We do understand that that was a requirement. It was an expectation in the Old Testament. And I still think it's an expectation. However, do I think that you'll be cursed today? I don't. And I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to give you a scripture. And that scripture is John 11 verses 25 through 26. I feel like there's another scripture that I could when I finish this, I'm going to try to find it. But I'm going to read John 11 Mm -hmm. verses 25 through 26. And it says, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever Mm -hmm. believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who believes in me, believes in me, shall never die. Do you believe this? And so when I hear the resurrection, I'm Mm -hmm. thinking about Christ's ability to die. Yeah. come back alive and save my sins and the rest of the world's sins and and i know what also took place of him tearing the veil breaking the curse um all of that was a part of his responsibility is breaking the curse he came to give grace you know whereas the old testament was more of law this is more of now the doctrine and the practice of grace and so those curses have been broken so do i think that you'll be cursed Going forward, if you say, I'm not going to tie for whatever reason, if you made that decision, do I think you'll be cursed? No, but I do think you're missing out on a great opportunity. Mm -hmm. I can tell you that there's been plenty of times where I know for a fact that God has provided for me because I'm a giver of my time, my talent and my treasures. Mm -hmm. So because of that, I've had certain doors and opportunity open to me. I've just Mm -hmm. had favor upon me and my marriage and many of the things that I touch. So do I think you'll be cursed? No, but I don't think that you'll, it's like having a really good coupon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anybody that like likes to save money, that's kind of, I'm not trying to say that's how it is, but it's just like paying full price for something when you don't have to, like mm-hmm. God just steps in and he's like, here, here is this. You didn't have to do this. Here's an extra mm-hmm. blessing to you. Right. Um, does it mean that, you know, you'll be cursed? I don't, I don't believe that. Um, but I, I do think you're missing out on some amazing opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, and so another thing is, should you tie off your gross or should you tie off your net? Mm. Um, would you like to talk about this? 
Okay, so the question, like we said, should you tithe off your gross or you tithe off your net? I know most people may feel, hey, if I don't get it all, whatever I get, that's what I'm tithing off of. You know, the government taking my money or, you know, the, the federal, state, whoever, you know, when it comes to taxes, I don't receive it. So why should I tithe off of it? And it kind of goes back to the heart, personal decision. When you do tithe, you also have to think about, okay, this is what I'm receiving. Even if I don't see it, but technically this is what I'm receiving. Now, in actuality, you could be, you know, receiving, you know, a portion of that could be 70, 80% of your paycheck. And aside from money, it could also be something that a person gives you. So it could be a gift. It could be a housewarming. It could be a baby gift. You know, you may say, how do I tithe off of that? It's kind of going back to the notion of giving. You know, it's like when you when someone gives to you, most people may feel compelled to give back to that person. But it could also mean giving to someone else who needs it. And I think God wants to know that our heart is able to grow and see the needs of other people. And when it comes to this issue or the case of gross or net, you know, like I said, it's a personal decision. I can't make that decision for you. But I would say that whatever decision you choose, if you choose um, the lower or the higher, you just know that, you know, you will be blessed based on how your heart feels. Because God also wants to know that you're a cheerful giver. He don't want you to feel, you know, some type of way when you give. And you're like, man, I don't even really want to give. Like, you know, finance is tight, but I'm going to give. God wants to know, like, hey, I think it was a story in the scripture where a woman, or I think it was a parable that Jesus talked about. But essentially a woman, she basically gave all that she had. I think two coins, all that she had. But she was blessed by that because she didn't fret about it. But she was like, hey, this is what I have. I'm going to give. And she was blessed by that. And I think God wants us to have the same mentality that even if we don't have it all, he wants to know that we can give it all to him because he's the one who's the creator of heaven and earth. He can give. He can take it away. So it's like we may have a mentality of, well, Lord, if I give my net, like I feel like I'm losing out. If I give my gross, I'm losing out. But you have to think, like, I want to receive the fullness of God in my life. So, Lord, show me what is that. Is that net or is that gross? Mm -hmm. And like I said, I think that's a personal decision because I can't answer that for you because that's between you and God. If I tell you one thing, you may be like, well, Jerry, I don't feel the same way. And I want to tell you that. But I do want you to really know that that's a decision and something you have to pray about with God mm -hmm. moving forward. I think as you mature and as you grow, though, you may come feel to just become a more uh, generous group giver. Right. Your giving may surpass 10%. Your giving, and when I, well, your tithes, I'll put it that way, may surpass 10%. You know, you might end up finding yourself tithing on a regular basis 15 mm -hmm. or 20%. I think whatever the case may be, it's the more, the longer you walk with Christ, the more mature you become with him, the more you'll walk out on faith, the more you'll give, the mm -hmm. more thankful you'll become. And so you'll want to just say, here, God, here's just a, 
I know this is a small token of my appreciation in his eyes because, you know, our money is really of no real value to him. But this is our our token of gratitude and faith and just to say thank you. Um, it, it will grow with time. I think for us, you know, we we personally have gone back and forth with the topic. Mm-hmm. Um, we're at a place now in our lives where we just feel as though one you give however you give, you give it cheerfully and you Mm -hmm. give it without a grudge no one wants to be given something and that person who's given it has an attitude you'd be like well take your little gift back then you know (laughs) that's how i feel like if my husband wants to give me a kiss or i want a kiss from him but he don't really want to give me a kiss i'm be like well take your little funky little lip somewhere else uh you know i'm not gonna be receptive to it i don't want to have to grab it out of him i don't want to have to take it from him and i think god probably feels the same way like with our giving where you're giving like here god you say i have to give it to you no he doesn't want you he wants you to when you come to him come to him boldly Mm -hmm. and with faith so and with confidence and cheerfulness so when you come don't be like here god or Oh God, you know I, I I don't really have much, and I'm praying you gonna make it. Don't be timid. Don't be scareful. Don't be fearful. Like just be like God. Thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you for the ways yeah. you've made for me. Thank you, God, yeah. for just all your provisions that you've done in the past, and you're gonna continue to do in the future. And exactly. I just say thank you, God, for who you are. And here is my offering of love and appreciation unto you. So that's kind of our thoughts. On tithing, you know, we think you should. Mm-hmm. However, it's a personal decision, personal. and we definitely feel as though you shouldn't do it out of compulsion, obligation, any expectation of receiving something in return. Um, you know, growing up, I've, I've been to so many different church services, you know, where you know, you told I've been to some interesting i'll say interesting services mm-hmm. where it's like you give today on a sunday by friday you're gonna expect this blessing and i'm not saying that that can't happen but i don't think you should put timelines and limitations on god mm-hmm. of expectations so when you give just give cheerfully um mm-hmm. he does say to test to to test him to try him but he doesn't say when he doesn't say when you got to put this deadline on him just believe that he's gonna do it you don't don't put a uh a expiration date on this and be yeah. you know yeah. expecting it just just sit back and wait for the blessing is how we feel patience, um, people. Patience. yeah have patience <laughs> so we're gonna try to wrap it up a little bit but we do have some questions so we you may be saying well you know i'm still i'm kind of on the fence you know about this if you are a believer and you're saying I haven't tied, but I'm still kind of on the fence and, you know, I don't feel confident in my giving. So, you know, I'm just scratching my head. So we do want to give you scripture because like I said, scripture is the best way to answer a lot of questions that you may have or you may not have known about. So we're coming from Matthew 26, 33, and it says, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into the barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valued than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? Why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet, I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, 
O you of little faith, therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. And so that's one of my favorite scriptures, uh, Matthew 6, 33. But also before that, it gives you a full dialogue about why you should not worry, because a lot of times people may you know, think about, well, I don't have no money, don't have no food. Don't have enough clothes, or it may not even come down to needs. It may come to, man, I really want these J's, or I'm really trying to get these items. I'm really trying to stay with the latest trends, trying to get this new, you know, Samsung, trying to get this new iPhone. And, and God is like, your priorities are all in the wrong place. Like you have abandoned the fact that you should seek me first, because aside from Apple, aside from Samsung. Aside from Outback Steakhouse, aside from Applebee's, I'm the one that provides, I'm the one that allows them to be in business because without the rain, without all this other stuff, there would be no Outback, there would be no Samsung, there would be no Apple. <laughs> so if you want to look to anybody, you need to look to me because I'm the source. I'm the person who is the one that clothes the lilies of the field. I'm the one that gives the birds food that they need when they are waking up every morning and they they don't contemplate about eating because they already know somewhere on the ground they're going to see a worm, they're going to see some type of food because God knows, hey, they need to survive and so I'm going to provide for them. And so and he also says, are you not worth more than the birds? You know, having our functions, being able to pay bills and you, you forget about that in your daily schedule, I think. And God wants us wants to remind us that when you give, you're giving to me because of all that I've done for you. Mm-hmm. So just as God gives us, I don't think sometimes we think that God gives us, but he actually gives you a lot. He gives you the ability to see another day if you're living right now. Mm-hmm. Because think about it, without oxygen, what can you do? Without food, what are you going to be able to do? He already knows what you need. He just wants to know that you value him first, in which in Matthew 6, 33 says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And he said, and all these things, not some, but he said, all these things that you need will be added to you. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to kind of um, dive into the next one, which is, okay, Jerry I, I'm, and Alicia, thank y'all for driving that point home. Um, some of y'all probably saying that, I hope most of y'all saying that, but you're saying that, I thank you for driving those points home. I didn't know that in scripture. I didn't know that when I really started tithing. But, you know, through knowledge and education, I said, hey, if it's in the Bible, I'm with it. So now that you say, hey, I'm ready to tithe. Now what? You want me to take this? I'll take it. Take, take okay. it away. Take you it away. You looked. I wasn't. Hey, I, I mean, I'll just ask a question. Take okay. it away. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll try to be quick. I know we try to we try to do a forty five minutes, so we'll try to be as quick as we can. So thing number one is, if you've decided, hey, I want to tithe, what should I do? You need to be a cheerful giver. And we talked about this earlier. Have the right heart. Having mm-hmm. your having your heart in its proper place. 
being cheerful, cheerful, not giving out of compulsion. So 2 Corinthians 9 and 7 says, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. So that goes back to that gross versus net thing. Mm -hmm. And I, when I think about it, where it says, give what you have decided in your heart to give, that's up to you what you choose, but just give it cheerfully. However mm -hmm. it is, just be cheerful about it. Yep. Um, so when you do, have the right heart. Don't give grudgingly. Don't give reluctantly. So doubting. Um, just give cheerfully. Mm -hmm. um, thing number two, pray over your giving. Um, I'm not going to read the full thing, but I'm going to say this much. You can find several prayers online um, or your church may have one. You might want to talk to your pastor and say, hey, uh, can you provide me with a prayer? And if you email us or send us a direct message on Facebook um, and you say, hey, Alicia, uh, Jerry and Alicia, do you guys have um, a prayer that you can provide me with? We can. We can give you one that our church uses. We can give you one that we have found. You know, we, we do have one here online. It's about opening up the windows of heaven. That's what the prayer is called. Um, and we can share that with you. Um, but we what we would like to say is this. Pray over your giving. Um, one of the things that's so beautiful about prayer, and I think the, as you grow deeper in your relationship with Christ, you'll realize that God wants us to, to kind of challenge him in the sense to where repeat his words back to him. So if you find a scripture about tithing and giving, where he says, I will open up the windows of heaven that you won't have room enough to receive. You tell God that in your prayer, be like, God, I'm giving this to you, but I'm expecting that you open up the windows of heaven that I won't have room enough to receive over this situation, over my life, whatever the case may be. Yes. So pray over your giving. Email us or you can send us a message and we'll be more than happy to email you a prayer um, that you can start praying over your giving. Mm -hmm. Lastly is to watch and wait for what God does. The Bible specifically says in Malachi 3 verses 10 through 12, it says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need, I will rebuke the devourer for you so that it will not destroy the fruits of your soil. For your vine in the field shall not fail to bear, says the Lord of hosts. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for you will be a land of delight, says the Lord of hosts. So one, there's a few things I see in here. Number one, when you sit back and wait for God to do it, so you've had the right heart, you're a cheerful giver, you prayed over your giving, you're giving your 10%. Just watch and wait. Because one thing about this, when I hear, when I read this scripture, I think of insurance. There is protection over our giving. So God says, number one, try me. He's telling us to try and put him to the test in, in giving. Have that faith. Put your faith to it. And then he will open up the windows of heaven. So wait for that blessing to come about. But the insurance part is when he says, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake um, so that it will not destroy the fruits of your soil. So if you got something going on right now and you're working hard for this to come about, like you, 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 you working hard, you hustling, you networking, you doing all of these things. God says, I'm going to rebuke the devourer. So when mm -hmm. someone tries to come against your vision, come against your goals, your business, whatever the case may be, rebuke. God is going to rebuke it. He is going to out. cast it down. He is going to shut it down right mm -hmm. then and there. That's that insurance that you have over this blessing, over mm -hmm. your tithes. So 
that's what I would say. You know, if you decided to tithe, this is an amazing decision. Like I said, it's a personal decision, but it's an amazing decision. Um, we feel as though it's such a blessing when you do give. Mm -hmm. yeah. We really do. So if you need anything from us, if you're still on the fence and you're like, Alicia, Jerry, you guys said some great stuff, but you don't understand my situation. We want to stand in faith with you. Um, we want to pray for you. Um, we're going to pray that God will touch your heart. We'll pray that God will intercede in your situation. He'll help you out that he'll make more. He'll make so much room for him and his grace and you'll see his abundance. We'll pray that, you know, that situation that may appear to be very tight and just just unpredictable and unbearable. We pray that, you know, it will shift things around. We pray that there is a shift in the atmosphere, a shift in your environment. With your finances, we, we do pray. We want to touch and agree with you that, you know, one day you can come on board. If you are on the fence, you can come on board and you'll understand like, hey, this is just my way of saying thank you, God. I want to show God my appreciation um, for everything that he's done for me. So we hope that this has been a blessing to everyone that has joined us and that is going to watch us. But like I said, you know, please feel free to message us um email us at what is it dlf oh so it's dl fellowshipping so the letter d as in dog l as in larry fellowshipping ing mm -hmm. at the end at gmail.com so it's dl fellowshipping at gmail.com or you can also send us a direct message yes and we can send it that way to you um but yeah we thank you for checking us out and uh, like alicia said if uh, you're still on the fence about it uh, we just encourage you to rewatch it. We believe that sometimes when you watch something first time, it may be a lot to digest. But we do believe, you know, like the scripture says, uh, faith, com faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So we just want you to replay this. Um, key in on the scriptures that we highlight, such as 2 Corinthians 9, 7, Malachi, verses 8 through 12, 3, um, chapter 3, Malachi 3. Um, verses 8 through 12, allow some of those scriptures to really um, just sink into your heart. Meditate on them. Ask God questions about what does this mean um, if we didn't um, explain it clearly, but just really have that personal interaction. And um, like Alicia mentioned, feel free, drop some comments because we do want you, if you have you know been contemplating or you feel like you may not have given as much, we want you to you know allow God to um, speak to your heart and just help you to realize the true meaning of tithing. So we thank you for joining us. Um, as always, feel free to reach out to us. And um, like I say, next week, we're going to be back Thursday. It's yes. at um, 8 p.m. So we're going to be back 8 p.m. So hope that you tune in with us. And um, other than that, enjoy the rest of your day. Later.